Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, this is Kari. And this is Alexis. And our season is over, but we're back to discuss our favorite books from this 2021 season. Can you believe we've been regularly each week reading a book for two years? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. In my life, I would really spread that out. Just, I mean, honestly, <laughs> really, I would have spread that out before the podcast. Why didn't we think this through <laughs> more carefully? And the thing is, we don't just read the books for our show. We read books in addition to the like some books are so bad. We don't even want to talk about it. We talk about books we don't like, but some are like not even worth discussing. And we'll get into that also today. So. We are going to break down our five favorite episodes from this year, our five least favorite books, or as Alexis likes to say, the five books we hated. (laughs) And lastly, our five most favorite books from the 2021 season. Let us begin. So when we talk about our favorite episodes from the season, um, we're not necessarily talking about the books we love the most, right? It's something about the episode that has a quality to it where we can listen to it over and over again. Alex, do you even listen to our show? (laughs) Why are you trying to put me out there like that? Don't be like that. Trying to wake you up. (laughs) No, I don't listen to our show, okay? I recorded. That's enough. Is it weird to listen to your own show? Um (laughs) uh, I'm not gonna say it's weird. I just I mean, but why? I recorded it. Why do I have to listen to it also? It's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Then let's talk about your five favorite episodes of 2021, starting from, um, you know, up to your most favorite episode. Uh, Take it away. What's number five for you? Um, Persuasion by Jane Austen. Oh, I love that. That did not make my list. And what's your go ahead. What's your favorite part of that show? uh, My favorite part of that show is our author interview (laughs) we interviewed Jane Austen yes yes (laughs) it was great to meet Jane Austen so that's why that one holds a special place in my heart I actually got her number through an agency they told me this was the author of persuasion and I have no reason not to believe them I think you do I think you do (laughs) we gonna give her a call Hello? Hi, who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Jane. Jane Austen? This is Jane. Unbelievable. Jane Austen, this is Kari of the Lit Society podcast, and I'm here with Alexis. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Alexis. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. It's, it's very hard time with it. Well, okay. this is obviously you because you know your name. So in what year were you born, Jane? I was born in 1775. Yeah, what was it like growing up in that time period, the 18th century? Ooh. Yeah, there were some good parts uh, and some not so good parts. We have a very comfortable life here at the rectory. Mm. Um, I live with my father um, and he's a, a man of good humor. Oh, 
Um, very serious about education. Can I ask, oh, wow. have you ever met the Bronte sisters? And if so, how much do you hate them? <laughs> well, the Bronte sisters were a little after my time, but I hear they're quite depressing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my work is more about heaving bosoms and corsets and parties and, you know, fun stuff. <laughs> now, I have to ask, what's with your obsession with kissing cousins? Did you have some particularly attractive cousins in your lineage? We notice well, every book you write, there's a, a very attractive cousin. What's that about? It's never really appealed to me to be married. However, I must say that um, oh, in society, okay. it's quite important that we keep all that lovely money in the family. So if we're keeping mm. money in the family, who better than a kissing cousin to do it with? And, and you're not worried at all about perhaps the teeth of your children years down the line? <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't know. Money's more important, darling. Money is more important than teeth. I know that. I know that's right. Wow. You can always get new teeth Uh, if you have the money. As Americans have been proving for years. Oh. They said it couldn't be done. And I loved Mm -hmm. how she loves Amy Winehouse, just like us. (laughs) Authors, they're just like us. They're just like us. (laughs) What about uh, number four, I guess, on that list? A James Bond, Casino Royale. (gasps) A favorite? It's a favorite. Here's why. I love the theme of the week. Um, mm-hmm. You told about um, people that could be James Bond. Yeah, they inspired that character. Yeah, and I like, like James Bond. I, I enjoyed him a lot in my life, so I enjoyed hearing that story. Although, um, I would also like is learning that James Bond is a woman hater. That's mm. <laughs> really, that was really eye opening to me, and um, and it really matched up with the early episodes, in my opinion, of James Bond, James the James Bond movies. So I was, um, it was really eye opening to learn that. Um, and I'm I'm ready for a black spy, but it, as we said in the episode, it does not have to be Idris because Idris and I talked about, it, and that's not what he's going to do. <laughs> he can he's, do something better. <laughs> he can be a better, better, mm-hmm. a better spy. Yeah, we don't have to regurgitate this character again, in my opinion. Right. And what is it about? You know, people talk down on woke woke culture, quote unquote, all the time, but. I love the the it really does feel like the veil's been pulled over here, pulled from over your eyes when you mm-hmm. um revisit these pieces of pop culture, whether it be musicians that have been um unveiled as being terrible people or right. characters that are terrible. And you're like, why didn't I see that when I was younger? What was it about this character that I completely forgave all of this terribleness? <laughs> right, right. So that was um really big for me. Yeah. And it makes me think how we think we have um, our standards are where they should be today. But, you know, a year from now, we might look back on something we did like I would never do that again. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it just kind of reminds me um, to keep evaluating Mm. (laughs) what I pay attention to. So, yeah, I enjoy. So that was that. And number three, what do you got? Um, The autobiography of Malcolm X. I love that. Um, I really enjoyed learning about Malcolm X, his story from beginning to end, essentially. And yeah. And the theme of the week, traveling abroad. That was um, it was fun to reminisce on that. Yeah, he's often misunderstood and painted very black and white. So to hear his story from his own words, it adds context. 
Um, I loved that book. That was my second time reading it. And it was um, with the the climate that we're living in socially right now. It was like reading it for the first time. Um, so what about number two for you? Uh, number two for me was The Midnight Library. Mm. Um, although the audio was bad that episode, I enjoyed the storytelling. And the theme of the week was choosing happiness. And so that, along with the, um, the story that The Midnight Library told, just, it, it was special. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, a bit of therapy for uh, both of us, I think I can say. Mm-hmm. And that was a theme of the week you chose. Um, and you were like, do you think people can choose to be happy? And I was like, nope. <laughs> and then you presented all these points. And I was like, well, I've always said people can choose happiness. Anybody yeah. know anything about me? They know I believe you can choose happiness. That's what, that's so what thank we know you for, about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank mm-hmm. you for correcting my thinking. And your number one favorite episode from this year. Drum roll, please. Born to cry. Oh, does that count though? I, I wasn't <laughs> reached, but I just laughed so hard with that episode. Yeah, that's did. a great book. Mm-hmm. Very, I mean, it's got some serious tones in it, but it's he's got the laughter in there too. And I really appreciate laughter. And our conversation was about nature versus nurture. Who influences who you become the most? Is it your um, like biology or is it your environment and the influences that are around you? Um, so that was very thought provoking. I loved it. <laughs> it was a goodie. It was definitely a goodie. Well, so are you ready to share your um, top five or or your honorable mentions first? I do have a few honorable mentions because this has been a really incredible season. Um, I will say of uh, my list that didn't make my top five, but are still episodes I go back and listen to. Cast is one of them. This is a book that I have been waiting for its release. And then we took forever to read it. I mean, I think I was intimidated by its size. Mm-hmm. Intimidating. It's <laughs> yeah. justified. And it's not even like we read Anna Karenina, but it was something about Cast. I knew it would be more fact-based um, and just a richer meal um, than maybe a fiction fictional story. Um, But that episode was so cool in that I learned so much about myself. And at the end, you're like, I hated this. (laughs) I hated all these facts. They're heart wrenching. And they are. And I never want to forget that. I never want to forget the the pain that came with me being able to experience um, like the the freedoms and the um, opportunities that I have today. Mm. Um, so I think that's important. Every culture has that, the, the pain that someone went through to put you where you are. Mm-hmm. And I like that reminder because, um, I don't want to take any day for granted. Um, so yeah, cast is an honorable mention 1984, which is a book people are always saying, uh, someone should read. And it was a great book to discuss. I think we were blown away by its plot. Um, yeah, it was just fun. A great uh, apocalyptic uh, yeah. <laughs> getaway. I, yeah, I could definitely agree with you there. That one kept coming back as a book. So, um, yeah, 
definitely. So it'll be on another list you have, maybe. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> okay. And then our interview with Kylie Reed was so special in cooperation with Semicolon Bookstore, Chicago's only Black woman-owned bookstore. Uh, that was so much fun to just... That was fun, <laughs> yes. And I passed that several times. I'm like... This is kind of, this is kind of, it is an episode, but it's I was thinking episode. about books, so yeah. I got confused. You know, this stuff is hard for me, so. <laughs> it's a live show, and it was one of our <laughs> first official live shows, so. Yes. Um, and was Kylie so was so fun. gracious. Yeah. <laughs> Kylie was so gracious. It was so nice to just pick her brain and shoot the breeze with a very accomplished writer um, and yeah. celebrated author, so she's always been so kind to us. We really love Kylie. And then Stan. Stamped is not on my list of favorite episodes, but that discussion was also like a class in my own history. Um, I think it, it said recently that a lot of kids don't aren't aren't um, they don't see themselves in a, the American history that they're taught in school. And so it's hard mm-hmm. to connect to that and really um, ingrain it into your your mind and like live with that knowledge in a useful way. Mm -hmm. So this felt like an education that we should have had as Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. Um, because it's an American education. So Stan talks about the origins of racism in a way that's not at all obsessed with the idea of black suffering. And let's talk about that and let's uh, really bathe ourselves in, in, you know, black pain. Yeah, that's not it at all. It is the history you should have known already (laughs) and we're likely never taught. So I love that book. So my favorite episode, starting from the back to the top, very top favorite episode, I will start with Convenience Store Woman. (laughs) (laughs) In that show, um, I asked you if you know people can find their purpose through their jobs. And what do you think, Alexis? (laughs) (laughs) There was never any real true passion associated with it. And I I always feel like that I'm missing that one piece because um, I've never felt like I'm at my full potential. So... And you've been told that, you know, if you're going to do something all day, it should be something. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, girl, you got a professional job in law. You need to calm down. (laughs) I'm listening as a friend, as I have been. But on this show, I feel like I can finally tell you how I really feel. Y'all, Alexis has been saying this for a while now. It is top of mind. Meanwhile, she got one of the jobs that you see on like, you know, Joan on Girlfriends or somebody. Her office, her office. This was bigger than my whole house. Yeah, it was. It and, um, was. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, she's making the monies, but she she wants to find happiness in work. Because <laughs> that's the point of work. Do Pay that. me a happiness. You better get out of here. I can't retire on happiness. <laughs> I would take a little less happiness to make a little more money. I'm not that way. <laughs> Well, you were determined to say, to prove, I should say, that, uh, yeah, you should do what you love, what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I, I remain, uh, no, you should work for your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is your goal with working. Uh, but that was a great, lively discussion. Um, <laughs> and then anxious people. Mm. That's uh, number four for me. Uh, that is a book about kindness. <laughs> Like in its simplest form, mm-hmm. that's really what that story is about. And it um, surprises the reader, possibly in a way uh, where you make assumptions about 
age, about gender, about position. And the book calls you on it without being preachy. And again, it's overlying theme is kindness because uh, you don't know what baggage the stranger in front of you is carrying. So just be kind to people. So I love that. Um, and then also in that episode, you talk about Stockholm syndrome and that discussion is hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes I go back just to listen to that theme of the week. I love it. <laughs> what was they doing? By the second day, they were all on the first name basis and started to fear the police more than the captors. They thought the police was going to kill them. At one point, the comp- the police commissioner came in. He was allowed to check out the hostages, um, their health. And he noticed that the captives were more hostile to him, <laughs> but relaxed and jovial to the gunman. He knocked on the door. They was like, hold it. <laughs> it's the police. OK. And um, can we come in? Did you have a warrant? <laughs> And mind you, they're in a bank vault, okay? In a bank vault, vault, okay? That's a crazy story. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to Anxious (laughs) People by Frederick Bachman. Uh, Next, One Drop. One Drop is an interesting... That book is interesting because it's just essays and photographs. So you take a photo of someone, you ask them how they identify racially and why, and it that discussion between us really taught me how all of these uh, racial categories do nothing but um, cement the foundation of white supremacy. And that's Mm. really, you know, something I don't want to be a part of, but I never even thought about it. Um, I used to be very into policing who can be black and who can't. Mm. (laughs) What was that? Although you claim I I wasn't. I was. (laughs) I remember. I remember saying, she ain't black though. She ain't black, black. Get out of here. What is that? Yeah, you don't know people's experiences enough. And that background has a lot to do with it. And that makes me think of um, books that we've read recently with passing and mm-hmm. the wedding. But yeah. And who are you to deny someone's identity, especially since race is imaginary? It is truly a construct. Don't exert any effort to uh, mm-hmm. fortify that made up category that has real life effects um yeah. but yeah i don't want to i don't want to be um the police for race so. yeah and i hate i just even have to think about it yeah. it's but it's been but ingrained in us yeah um from childhood here in america that is important and it has to be talked about so it's and then uh the wedding that's a episode i love going back to because the story is so layered yet so simple and discussing it was so much fun wait there a minute are, is mm-hmm. that the top of your list that's your number one no no that's second to the top okay okay <laughs> yeah so what did you think about the wedding that episode do you remember any of it yeah I, I the book I remember is a standout yeah. for me so yeah so my number one episode my favorite Drum episode <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two. Oh, yeah. Two. Part okay. two, I should say. Yeah, because uh, we divided that book into two parts just because right. it's so big. Um, or at least for us, you know, we read a book a week. It's a lot. Um, and I just felt like I've been missing out. Michael Crichton is a really great writer. I read The Andromeda Strain this week. Uh, 
that book ain't oh. so good. I ain't gonna oh. lie to you. <laughs> okay. But, but Jurassic Park did become a gateway to other uh, Michael Crichton books for me. So uh, that was a lot of fun to talk about. You did not think it was gory, although it definitely <laughs> is. I didn't think it was gory at all, no. The book is so um, engaging. You you just get wrapped up in the way they tell this story. And it's like you're drawn in and you're on the edge of your seat many times as I'm reading and they're getting to the point and they're like, and he eats him and he's holding his guts in his hand. And oh, he peed on himself because he is dying. Just or terrifying. <laughs> so that never funny. happened, y'all. She really dark. <laughs> no one peed himself because they was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I you got a problem. I think that did happen. You just speak to somebody. <laughs> no, I don't I think it's too. too much dinosaur. Like I didn't think it was gory. So, disembowelment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the word of the day, class. <laughs> if you never, if you don't know what disembowelment re- mean, read this book. It's when you standing up, going to the grocery store, and you look down and tuck your shirt in, and you holding your guts. <laughs> it's dark. It's dark. <laughs> so, I think that just happened in the book. So, all right. Well, let's take a quick break before we get into our least favorite books from this year, and of course, our five most favorite books of the season. You ready? Okay. Yep. 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 <laughs> okay. break there okay Kari so now there's some books we had some strong feelings about I know I did (laughs) but I'd love to hear your thoughts let's hear first your honorable mentions for books that um that have our favor the least okay (laughs) that wait what did you just say so you hate to use the word hate (laughs) yeah so what did you just say that our favor favor the the least. least How about our least favorite books, though? You can say that also. (laughs) Okay, so my honorable mentions, I'm just going to shoot them out and we we can talk about them. Now, this is wild because these books were so bad. I read them and I was like, Alexis, I don't even want to read these on the show for the show. I want to forget this ever existed. Okay. Number one, least favorite book I read this year is One by One by Ruth Ware. And she is tied for uh, least favorite with The Guest List, which is a very (laughs) loved book. Have you read either of those? Neither book have I read. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I got to stay off of Goodreads. I mean, they don't know me. Uh, The (laughs) Guest List is by Lucy Foley. The problem with these books are one and the same. They are very convenient with how they give you the culprit (laughs) in a way that is just so unfathomable. And in the end, I didn't care about any of the characters involved enough to care if they lived or died. (laughs) So that's the point in a murder mystery, right? Yep. I love nobody enough. And I'm going to do this again because I'm basic. In, um... So so one by one is to be an updated. It's marketed as an updated. Can you guess? 
No, come on. Yeah, Agatha oh, Christie. Get out of here. Yeah, you already know. <laughs> yes. And then there, there were, were none. none. Seriously? And it follows the plot points bit by bit. And it just shows how the genius of Agatha Christie's and then there were none cannot be duplicated. Come on, Aggie. Um, come on, Aggie. Get yeah, into well, it. Well, no, go over there, Aggie, because some of your views I don't agree with. That's However, okay. you could write. <laughs> yeah. you know how to writing. work a pencil <laughs> a typewriter if you will a bigot with a brain don't we love to see it so anyway um, so one by one's ending is drawn out and it is hilarious but it's not supposed to be Ooh. so that's that book um again that's one by one by ruth ware and the guest list um by someone lucy foley i'm sure you're great uh Ruth Ware and Lucy Foley. You're fantastic. I just didn't care for your works. But who am I? Next, Ready Player One. I have started this book five oh, times. That's, it's not for that. me. Is it like supposed to be a movie also? Of course. Yes. It is a, uh, what do they call it? A cult classic? Yes. This is a I book like that it. has a following, just like Jurassic Park. Um, it is a apocalyptic sci-fi thriller. People love it. Um, yes, a very terrible movie is based on it. Um, I have a copy of Ready Player Two, a signed copy. And I thought, well... I want to give away the signed copy to one of our listeners. So I should read the first one and this one. Nope, it's not for me. I tried. I can't <laughs> get into it. I get it, but I'm not interested. So if that y'all doesn't want that, mean. Oh, OK, go ahead. I was gonna say, if you want a signed copy of Ready Player Two, just hit me up. You can have it. Uh, what was you gonna say? <laughs> just that. Just that's what I was yeah. gonna say. Go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Email ask us at litsocietypod.com if you would like the signed copy that I'm looking at right now of Ready Player Two. I think I said one at first, but it's Ready Player Two, signed copy by the author. You can have it, it's yours. Um, next, The Last Symbol by Dan Brown. Oh, I won't get into all the ways the I hated that book. Symbol? The last, the, the lost symbol. I don't I even know the name. The lost symbol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say I threw it away. What? I will not be giving it to anyone. It is in the trash behind my house. Mm. Um, and we've read Angels and Demons together. Um, there are some very cool things with um, I forgot I forget what you call words that you can read. Crip is it crypt? It's not cryptography. It's um maybe it's the word that where you can read it upside down or right side up. It's the same word done very yeah. well. Um, so that has some fun. It's trash in that it won't add to your life. It's not really about anything, but it it is a little uh, uh what is it like provocative? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say it when you hear that. <laughs> you're right Mufasa so let's get into these least favorite books that we did cover on the show and so yes. what makes a book Alexis that we don't even love what what makes us talk about it for the show whereas some books we don't love we choose not to talk about it what's that about so um for my selections it really boils down to something somebody has shared with me and thought would be fantastic and that I would enjoy or it sounds <laughs> so you just telling them look I did it <laughs> 
I read that terrible book you recommended. Leave me alone about it. Yeah. And then I can take no who not to take recommendations from. Also, mark that person off my list. Okay. No more recommendations from them. I'm and on then- some people's list. I know, especially recommending Anna Karenina. Some people have told me don't recommend nothing else to me, please. But why? It's not because of the story is bad. It's because the book is really big. That come on. No, they didn't like the story. They didn't want to read about mowing grass for uh, 200 pages. I don't know what's wrong with them. Hmm, I was crying when he was mowing that grass. Like, Hmm. this is beautiful. That is very interesting. But and then also um, I am um, falling back to my childhood when I think about um, stories sometimes. So I go back and get those. And I, hey, maybe that that's a great story when I was 10. It may not be a great story. Okay, it may not be. (laughs) Yeah, yes, I think that's great. So there's some nostalgia there. For Mm -hmm. me, it's like, um, do I really want to relive this again? If it's just painful for me to read or if I can't finish it, I'm not going to want that on the show. I'm not going to want to discuss it with you. I want to forget it forever. Um, But some books, I mean, we've read bad books and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this with Alexis. There's and also here they that. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's also that. That's the same to me as like my daughter would used to say, oh, this is nasty. Taste it. Why do I yeah. want? Why? Why? You just said exactly. it's nasty. So these is the nasty books that um, <laughs> we shared with y'all listeners. Uh, number one on this list, Nancy Drew and Secret of the Old Clock. <laughs> Alexis, why is that book so bad? And again, we're not talking about episodes anymore. We're talking about books. Go ahead. Boring. Boring. boring and more boring. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. And I want to say that there's some nasty entitlement going on. But listen, I just read Crazy Rich Asians. It was great. And I feel like I can get with all of that, um, you know, being presumptuous enough to walk up in people's houses to look for other people's stuff that you think somebody might have stole again. None of this stuff is yours. This is not your house, Nancy. Go do your homework. But she don't want to do that. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't understand it. I could get with that craziness if it was interesting. It, it is wasn't. not. And children's books can be very uh, interesting, as you have showed me. Mm-hmm, uh, before the show, I read mostly nonfiction. I kind of looked at fiction like it was uh, white wine. Like, <laughs> why, why does this exist? <laughs> um, but oh, uh, well I was wine. wrong. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so tell me, is that your... At the bottom, is that your number this five? This is not my least favorite, but this is number five of my least favorites. Okay. All right. So so then number four is The Last Guest House. <laughs> <laughs> the Last Guest House is one of the worst books I've ever read. <laughs> or House Guest. The Last House. See, I don't even know. The Last, the last House <laughs> Guest. Mm-hmm. By Megan Miranda, who's a genius, by the way. She's Absolutely. like a scientist, right. Right? right? A writer. She's published many books. People love her and people love this book. Right. Listen, it ain't good. It's not good. I like the discussion um, of that show that the top, the theme of the week where we talk about Airbnbs. And oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. That got like really. Uh, I hope I don't get my Airbnb membership taken because I love you. Airbnb <laughs> sponsor us. Oh, that was scary. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, that was a really eye-opening episode. But that book, Struggle Bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What disappointed you about that book? Too many characters. I know characters. we share. Yeah, too many we characters. share some. Mm-hmm. Way yeah. too many characters. Too many um, drive you off this direction to follow False uh, clues. Yep. Too many false clues. Mm-hmm. Um, very one dimensional women mm. uh, who whose logic was impossible, impossible to follow. Um, but I do want to recommend another book. If you read The Maidens and you didn't like it, please read The Silent Patient. <laughs> Alex Michaelides debut novel. Um, now, I also read that. The Maidens is his COVID project. A lot of bad work came out of COVID. (laughs) And I think, no, that's no shade. There are more than a few authors publishing work that they were able to create last year. And I feel like maybe don't, you know, maybe (laughs) take the year off. Take it off, but it's past now. Yeah, just take a break. We we need each other. We need ideas. We need to experience life and add that to our repertoire to pull from as writers so that we can write an engaging, relatable story. If you've been cooped up in the house, you ain't doing that. Mm. So, you know, Hemingway's best work came when he was traveling, when he was living. Um, so, yeah, you know. That's for everybody. So if you hated The Maidens, please don't give up on Alex because The Silent Patient is fun trash. And when I say trash, I just mean (laughs) it's not going to contribute to your life intellectually. You won't be smarter for having read it. It's not, you know, Anna Karenina. It's just fun. (laughs) And that's a book I wish I had never read because I appreciated the end so much and Mm -hmm. I can never relive the end. Which for me was exciting. Again, that's The Silent Patient. Mm -hmm. The book I did not like is The Mating. So I got two more. Yeah. Penultimate Around the World in 80 Days. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of also the worst books I have ever read. It's a classic. (laughs) Movies have been based on it. It is about nonsense, nonsense, colonialism, and traveling the world and learning nothing about the people around you. That's a terrible <laughs> message. Um, that book is bad. Uh, I also don't like the sidekick. Uh, I think, I mean, I like him in the way yes. that he's funny, sure, but he is truly the butt of the joke. And that gets tiring. Ooh. <laughs> like, I What's don't his know. name? Best part two? Best part two? Sound yeah, like that. sure. Sound like passport. Mm-hmm. Passport too. Yes, passport too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was an Alexis pick, and my number one least favorite read of 2021 was <clears throat> James Bond Casino Royale, a graphic <laughs> novel adaptation. <laughs> this, what I'll say is that the graphic novel part, brilliant. It was so cool to uh, live a novel through the the really thoughtful illustrations, the play with shadows. The, the that it was really it was done really well. Again, that's by uh, Van Jensen um, and Dennis Calero, I think, is the illustrator. Um, and of course, the story is by Ian Fleming. But I didn't know that James Bond was like that. He's like, mm-hmm. he hate, he really hate women like a lot. Right. And he's like 
got a lot of he just needs therapy and I can't watch a man um, go through life without what he needs <laughs> while but while leaving a line of victims behind him. That's not fun for me. <laughs> I had to like wash that book off of me. I was Oof. so disgusted. Um, and, so that's that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, in that book, you definitely see that character in the early movies. I, of course. I, again, I, in the early movies, that's what made me like, wow, this is, I mean, he really hate women. That's when I first realized he hated women, watching those early movies, like the first few that they made. I watched them. This was before he died. Um, Sean Connery? Before Sean Connery died, I watched those early movies. And then to go back and read the book and have it confirmed that he real this is like a true, this is his character. Okay. So can I Just project shocking. on you? Shocking. Go for it. I think the, the sadness comes from not reading about someone as good looking as Sean Connery. Oh. Listen, Sean Connery ain't been ugly a day in his life. I know he's no not, longer alive. Not a one. The man died fine. So I feel like, all the issues he has, at least at the end of the day, he's got that face and he is Sean Connery and he got Sean that toupee Connery. that looked good before Beyonce had lace fronts. Sean Connery had lace fronts because <laughs> I think he was bald for like uh, Dr. No or one of them. But anyway, Serious? Wow. yeah, girl, that toupee was working for him. Mm. He did great. Um, but. When I'm reading about that, I don't see Sean Connery. I see a sad no. man no. Um, with a rough look on his face. He looks worn down by life and he's just leaving a line of women behind him and, you know, fighting for f- not flag and country because he's English queen. And um, I forget the term, but <clears throat> all my Brits know it. Sorry about talking about y'all food last week. A couple people <laughs> told me. <laughs> A couple of people told me English food is delicious. And to those people, I want to say you're English. So you were raised on it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's all nostalgia, baby. <laughs> that food is best. <laughs> that's what you know. <laughs> but it's yeah, true. James Bond, poor guy. Uh, I don't want to know anything else about him. OK, so what about you? Enough about me. Please tell me your five least favorite books uh, that we read this okay. season. So my... um. First two books reads just like yours. I got Nancy Uh, Drew and The Secret of the Old Clock. Boring, (laughs) boring, and more boring. And the next, (laughs) more boring. So you said it all. That was it. It was just boring. I could not. I was so mad at myself for selecting that book. And I was so excited to read it, too. Just disappointment all around. I was handing out disappointment. You get a disappointment. You get a disappointment. disappointment. Everybody gets a disappointment. Yay! but the title is disappointing. Have you ever wondered? I want this. I wonder what the secret is behind <laughs> that old clock. No. <laughs> what made us think that book would be good? I mean, but oh boy. titles, I mean, I could take it or leave it. You That's know, that true. don't really yeah. mean nothing to me. Take yeah, you right. It could be fun. I'm in for a ride. <laughs> I like a good ride. And then, of course, the next one, the last guest, house guest. I mean... I thought it was going to be interesting, but it never once captured my attention. It was, it was really like running boring. up a flight. It was like running up a flight of stairs to run up a flight of stairs to run up a flight of stairs. And at one point you like, wait, was there ever anything at the top of these? Stairs? No, I'm going to just go down and go home. <laughs> 
I didn't care about the characters. I, I wanted mm-hmm. them to tell me already. Would you just tell me who killed this person? Because I I don't care, but just hurry up and tell me so I can close the book. I was over. Oh my goodness. And then I inserted the Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. I just, I mean, just too much. Too many characters, <laughs> 10 too many, if I might add, and then too many false clues. I just don't like that. I don't like it. It was too much. Yeah. If you're going to give me a false clue, it must be with purpose. Don't just throw this out here, a, do- a bone, you know, a mile away from the plot. I, I don't care. I, I don't. I don't. So are you going to read the follow up to it? People love that book. It's a follow up to that. I did Girl, say yes. I think I the said man that. who died twice. I think I said I, I, I'd give him a chance. But as I sit here in this very moment, I don't want to. But <laughs> I, most likely I would. But as I think about it, it just hurt my feelings over and over again. So I was just. <laughs> so one thing. <laughs> that I think we can agree on is how cute the characters were in that book. It was like having um, just this top quality building material and not choosing to build anything with it. Mm. You know, having a dilapidated house made of gold. Mm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And we had golden friends that episode. So that was great. Yes. We love our golden friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then next, Mm -hmm. go ahead. What were we going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, so what's your most hated book of 2021? Oh, no, I got two more, two more, two more. Okay, great, great. So the maidens made the list and I did the same thing as you. I recommended the silent patient. Uh, (laughs) Just it just it just wasn't a winner for me. Too many characters, false clues. I mean, the story, I just like why? Like, and why? it's important. One thing you brought out that I thought was um, a great point is it's a murder mystery. I mean, murders happen every day. If you're going to try to pack this into entertainment, it has to be done really well Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise nothing's funny about it. So that book has girls being murdered for a plot that is disappointing. And that's unforgivable. (laughs) I agree with you. It was unforgivable. (laughs) Okay, And then my number one. (laughs) What? My number one. Oh, drum roll. Clara and the Sun. Wow! I cannot. It was too much. It was very hard to read. I thought it was going to be an exciting AI story, and I just fell off. I fell off. I just, I mean, what are you talking about? I'm just not that smart. That's all I'm going to put on that. I ain't this, I'm not one of the readers that should be reading his books, okay? I'm not intelligent enough to read his works. I accept that. I'm not mad. I didn't like the book, okay? I don't. And I, I don't like it so much, I can't even talk about it no more. So let's move on. <laughs> Righty. Okay. Now, for, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> uh, this is how I felt after reading A Little Fires Everywhere. So I'm glad that I finally got you, except you chose Claire in the Sun. Wait, why did you choose it? I wanted oh, to that's right. Greta concert. from the Nerd Up podcast yeah. had just mentioned it. And then we were like, well, let's look into it because yeah. she is smart. And so she loved it, of course. I don't know. I'm assuming <laughs> smart people love that book. Yeah, they do. Uh, smart people love it. I'm not smart and I don't even profess to be smart. I'm smart we'll enough. Revisit this. I'm smart we'll enough. We'll this later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move on to the moment you've been waiting for, listeners. Our five most favorite books 
from this season. We hope some of yours made our list as well. Alexis, please take it away. Did you have any honorable mentions? Oh, yes. Um, my oh, honorable yeah. mentions. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Um, I'm on the The convenience store woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very much so honorable mention. Keiko is trying to be normal. So she asked Shiraha's sister-in-law, should we have children? <gasps> and this is a quote I have to repeat. The sister-in-law says. <laughs> okay. The sister-in-law says. Keep. <laughs> okay. I got to turn your camera off. Because you ain't going to let me get through this. <laughs> okay y'all sorry the sister-in-law says keep those rotten jeans <laughs> keep those rotten jeans with you till you die without leaving a trace of them here on earth <laughs> okay I'm gonna say passing is also um mm. One, because it's it's so recent. I still on my mind. It just. It's still recent. <laughs> it's just right mm-hmm. there. And it's just on my mind. I can't even describe it. That's all I got to say about that. And when we talk about our favorite books, there are books we loved in the moment. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six comes to mind. Mm-hmm. When I closed that book, I felt so attached to that story. I loved it. But. It honestly wasn't a book that I kept thinking about throughout the year. And that's okay. But these favorite books, these are books that we couldn't shake, that like stayed in our mind, came up in casual conversation between us and other friends. Um, So please tell me your five most favorite books, the five books that stuck with you. Soft Fat Acid Heat, Mastering the Elements of Good Cooking. I'm a baker. I love baking. I love cooking. Um, These are things that are um, important to me. So I really love that book. Was excited. When you first mentioned it, I was like, excellent, excellent idea. Let's do it. (laughs) And I couldn't stop thinking about it after that. And I was excited to put something down. So I learned so much from that book. And um, it's just, it was just a great book to read. Very great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then next, Jurassic Park. I really loved Jurassic Park. I got to say it. I mean, I still think about it. It's just the way the book and the movie come together. I like hearing the complete story. Mm -hmm. I could just listen, read that first book and nothing else because I feel like the movies encapsulate it all in that first book. And I'm yeah. just, I just really, really not Michael Crichton ain't fine, but I love the book. <laughs> that ain't what you had said. Or, no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I love the book. I love the book. And then next, um, this is a twofer and this is oh, because okay. it's uh history and, these are things that really stuck with me. That is stamped and cast. As mm. as hard as cast was to listen to, um, it's history. And I like history, but I didn't learn that I liked, enjoyed history until I got to college. And this felt like um, something I could have 
valued in history at a younger age if I had gotten mm-hmm. it. So um, just just so much to learn and know and just hearing the origins of race and learning of it's how it's a, a social construct and what's behind it. It's just money, you know, just money. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate both of those books um, together. Number two, The Wedding. Mm. Man, each character in that book, each character is worth talking about. I mean, Loot, that man is troubled, but he's got those beautiful daughters and and then each person's story that goes deep back into their history and and how their history has uh, created who the character that they were in the book that we read. That was just mm-hmm. so fascinating to me. And then I wanted so much more from that story at the end. If you remember from the episode, yes, I wanted there to be more to it. So I, I just, I want, I still want to read it again before the year is out. I haven't had a chance to yet, but I definitely want to read it again before the year is out because it's just such a fascinating story. Yeah. This for me is the one of the most interesting interchanges in the book. Her husband hears her crying mm-hmm. and he approaches her bedroom door because they got separate bedrooms. Yeah. Um, like he would approach a sick woman. It was the mm-hmm. first time he's he's he could take the love he had for the people he helped and apply it to his wife. They spend a night of passion together and he immediately dies. <laughs> she woke up like, Am I dead? I feel like it's death somewhere. <laughs> she woke it up not like funny, that. That's There's... not funny, but she woke up like, ooh, it's just ooh, cold. Like, it's cold. death. <laughs> but no, it ain't cold to birds outside. Oh, my husband did. <laughs> I get it. Um, <laughs> but this is the perfect way for them to like. <laughs> insane. I was like, well, what? who did her husband woke up dead and her one of her first thoughts is will his son be mad that he wasn't around mm. and now for the number one your favorite book of 2021 Jane Eyre by Charlotte what? Bronte yes <laughs> a Bronte book is your most favorite book of this year alright and this has been Lit Society <laughs> thank you for listening the show is the show is over no stop it stop <laughs> Forever. I, no. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. Tell I me what's on your mind. Love. Why you like this terrible book with the ugly people that fall in love? They said they ugly. <laughs> I love love stories. And um, <laughs> I could say that I went back to this and and really see as an adult, a mature adult, the love that she has for him and him for her. So I think... That makes it okay. He's abusive, by the way. I don't like think emotionally. of him. Nope, nope, nope. He is. That's just, he is, no, don't be mean he now. He starts, uh, that's, his, that's his little elf. She is okay. precious to him. Mm-hmm. And she went yeah. back to her, that man, even after he had, um, you know, lost his eye and leg and whatever else he lost. But it was a nice little love story. And you know, I Ain't love a toxicity. <laughs> and you know, I love a little love story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what about you? You ready? 
Let's hear your top five. Okay, so I'm going to start with some honorable mentions that also made your list. Some of these Midnight Library, the function of the library, that machine that Matt had created was so original. I loved that story and it really impresses on on the mind how life is for the living. Um, You can make a million different choices and your life can go a million different ways. But what matters is how you address the problem in front of you. And the, the solution in front of you, because there's always a solution to go with anything we're facing. Um, so I love that. Life is for the living. Life That's what that book makes me think about. I love it. Life is for the living. I love that. Convenience store woman is another great one. I love her um, stick-to-itiveness <laughs> and how she is about her life. Everyone else has these expectations uh-huh. for her, um, but she is very happy in a simple life. Mm-hmm. And that is um, a choice that some people make. And in real life, you know, we often look down on uh, not you and I personally, but society. Um, so I love that point of view that she really can understand the world around her and the world around her doesn't seem to understand her. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's still very valuable. The Autobiography of Malcolm X. That is a book I think also should be read in school. I know it is on some curriculum, but um that's a really well told, very um, honest and transparent telling of a man's life mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. who was no doubt a brilliant, brilliant person, um, but who is often just painted in one color. So um, and then hot take. Clara and the Sun. <laughs> because. <laughs> whatever now this isn't about being smart i think it's smart people and no this book is about subtlety and if you can appreciate subtlety i don't so everyone has a and that is fine that's what i liked about our discussion is that um you're a very literal reader and that has nothing to do with intelligence that is your preference You just prefer for the entire story to be laid out in front of you. Um, Reading is very escapism for you. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Um, For others, they want to feel a very unique connection to a story by reading into it. Perhaps something that only they can pull from it. Mm. I say perhaps a lot. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to just start uh, speaking uh, more confidently. Sometimes people want to feel like I am the only one to understand this story because I understand it in this way. You know? Yeah. And Clara and the Sun is one of those books that juggles 10 different themes in a very subtle way. And it's very uh, it's done brilliantly in that it isn't preachy. It's not telling you about, you know, it's not asking you point blank. These heavy questions about love, about loyalty, about uh, a heart, a figurative heart and who possesses it. Um, But it is asking those questions and it's talking about uh, the responsibility of parents and um, the responsibility we each have to each other, how we carry those responsibilities and what really makes us human. And it's done really well. It is not a book I would probably read again, but I admire the way it was written. If you say so. So now, (laughs) top five favorite books of this year. Number five, Cast. 
we won't we don't have to uh beat this horse Ooh, but yeah. um, that's a terrible idiom um but uh cast is just a great book uh-huh. it's put together really well again it doesn't coddle you like the warmth of other suns it's not a pick me up feel good fun for all but it is um it does carry the facts within its pages in a very elegant way cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Number four, Jurassic Park. That was just so fun to read. (laughs) We've watched the movie a million times, but the book holds its own. Yep. Um, And we don't have to say the book is better than the movie. They're Mm -mm. both really great Mm -hmm. in unique ways. And then Fahrenheit 451. Whoa. I loved that book. And that was your pick. Mm -hmm. It was a great book. It is so... Uh, simplistic in its uh, plot design and it's really talking about just a small few days in this man's life Mm -hmm. and in that that short amount of time it's giving you these themes of uh, literacy and appreciation for free thinking Mm -hmm. Um, I love that yeah and even the function of the girl in the beginning and how the innocence of a child can make you uh, re-examine your beliefs which is always good um, and then the wedding, <laughs> that book <laughs> is amazing. I have been putting it off for years. It's mm. short. I like stole it from my mom when I was a teenager and I was like, I'm going to read this now today, <laughs> this year. I read it mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. and um, I was blown away. It is. Um, oh, I guess this is my second time reading it. That's right. But it's so um, I, I wasn't smart enough to know what I was reading when I was younger. Some of my notes are in there and I'm like, what does this mean? Um, so reading it as an adult, I really appreciated the class battles, the battles with um, are you just a product of your family or do you have the right to choose your own um, not path, but. What am I trying to say? When I think about the youngest uh, daughter, Mm -hmm. everyone in her family is carrying baggage when it comes to romance and love. Mm -hmm. And she's choosing not to help them carry that. (laughs) She's not to say that her path will be without its own um, trials, but she's making her own. I guess. Yeah, it is path. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's very interesting. And then my favorite book of this year it's it. Deacon King Kong. Ooh, child, yes. Deacon King Kong. Wow. Well, we didn't spoil the ending, but that book is a perfect symphony. It is, it starts with um, a funeral and ends with a funeral. And in between this one neighborhood, there's so <laughs> In between that time, the first funeral and the last funeral, Mm -hmm. dissecting this neighborhood, learning everybody's life, um, the the uh, march of time and how time is eventually going to tear this neighborhood and all these people apart. But just being there for that beautiful moment before it all ends and um, seeing, you know, their desires and who they are. It's just I love that book. That is brilliant storytelling. I've said brilliant like 300 times this episode. I'm so tired, y'all. But Deacon <laughs> King Kong, Deacon King Kong. Is a fantastic book. Yeah, I can um, back you on that as an um, honorable mention. Certainly. It was a good one. Solid. Well, that's that. What books are you going to read over break? 
Any you have on your TBR list? I'm still sorting through what I'm going to read, but I do have a few um, that I'm picking through and I can only pick a couple because it's a busy work season for me. So we'll Mm, see what we can get out. How about you? What are you reading? I'm going to finish the Apollo murders. I got a um, pre-release copy of that. Never finished it. Pre-release, whatever. Um, Never finished it. Now it's out. And I'm going to finish that book. Um, Also, I want to read one more Michael Crichton book, not Congo. I can't I haven't figured out yet uh, which one. Maybe The Lost World, actually. Um, I'm going to read some YA. Uh, Get into some more. I I think YA love stories are my favorite because there's so much subtlety. And I really appreciate that. Just when someone you um, have a crush on, walks into the room and the way you feel. I think as adults, it can be a little obvious um, when you talk about romance Mm -hmm. and that can uh, get a little tiring. So I like that remembering how that felt um, as a kid and as a teenager. Um, I like those sweet YA love stories. And then um, I will probably reread uh, something. Also some plays. I've been wanting to get into some Tennessee Williams. Ooh. Maybe add that to our list. So yeah, yeah. we talked about that earlier, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at Streetcar Named Desire right now. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. What I won't be reading is Ready Player Two. Again, email <laughs> us, ask us at litsocietypod.com if you would like this autographed copy of Ready Player Two. All right, listeners. Well, thank you for listening to another season of the Lit Society podcast. We are, instead of like last season where we completely stopped releasing new episodes, we are going to share with you some goodies throughout the end of the year. Uh, Next week, we're going to share our favorite dramatic readings from season one and two. Right, Alexis? Are we doing that? Mm -hmm. That's going to be fun. (laughs) I love our dramatic readings. And what I really love is no (laughs) one's ever commented like, this is cringy. Why are they so weird? <laughs> One person was like, these terrible accents. I finally feel seen. And I was like, oh, this is great. People get us. <laughs> Thank this you. Sa- <laughs> I feel seen. Thank you. For real, we feel seen. Uh, our dramatic readings are a little special part of our show that really show how uh, geeky we are mm-hmm. and how awkward we are. Mm-hmm. And we love All it. They'll be here forever. We'll yep. always do dramatic readings. So <laughs> that's fun for us. And we're going to share with you our favorites uh, next week. Then we're going to relight such a fun age and add a few um, comments revisiting that book. Are we adults yet? That episode we talked about adulting, adulting. originally. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna re-release that episode with some follow up. You know, did we make it as adults? Uh, spoiler alert: we didn't. <laughs> then <laughs> it's on to the mystery we love bringing up and comparing every other mystery to. Indeed, knowing that its original title is insanely, insanely terrible, and that's. Which book, Alexis? Oh, don't test me. And then there were none yes, by Agatha Christie. Aggie. You got it. Yes, Aggie. December 23rd, look out for a relit episode of Confederacy of Dunces. Ooh, so crass. Uh, December 30th, fill the fear and do it it do it anyway, right? I can't even speak. Fill the fear December- and do it anyway. Yeah, that's it. 
December 30th, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, a book we never recommended, but always <laughs> refer to. <laughs> What were we thinking? Uh, we weren't listening. We weren't. Oh, and there are a hive of readers who love that book and they did try to put us in our place. Ooh. But listen, at the end of the day, if we don't recommend it, we'll all tell you. <laughs> okay. And January 6th, Jekyll and Hyde, another relit episode. Um, before we return officially, uh, when do we return? <laughs> January 13th, I believe. A new episode, January 13th. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. That's it. If you've enjoyed Lit Society, please help us come back next year by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We are also releasing a survey, so um, please look out for that across social media channels and through our newsletter. It'll be a nice prize, um, possibly for those participating in that survey. And that's going to help us get sponsors for next year so we can stop working for free. (laughs) Um, Remember to tell your friends about Lit Society. Visit litsocietypod.com for show notes um, future book lists. So as we get closer to January, we will release a book list for you guys if you want to read along with us. You can also sign up for our email newsletter there. Visit LitSocietyPodShop.com. We have a new collection of candles coming out very soon. Look out for that. And we also, of course, have really comfy, really fun merchandise. And until next year, you guys, read, read something. something.